Yeah, I got it going. I can't believe it. Hey, 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 it's Jake. It's episode 221. I'm doing it. You're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah, right. So a lot of people may have thought, a lot of people may have thought, I don't know if anybody thought this. You might have thought. I should say, when I say a lot of people, suffice it to say, I mean a lot of people who are also listening to this, which is not as many people as even might be qualified as a lot of people, but it's enough people. But a lot of people, some people, listen, you might not have thought I was going to make it back here a week after the last time I was here, but I did say I was going to do that. And I know I've said that I was going to do things before and then not done them as far as uh, putting out uh, episodes of the podcast. But that's happening right now. It's hap- I said it was going to happen. It is happening. I just couldn't face myself tomorrow if I hadn't been here today right now. And the good news is Nigel is back in town. He's not here right now. Don't get your hopes up if you were... <laughs> Nigel's not here right now, but he's here in Santa Monica, and he's going to be on. I think, I'm hoping in a couple of days, I'll be able to sit down and do an episode with Nigel. So that's coming out. So if you're if you're tired of me, if you're thinking, oh, God, it's another one of these where Jake just talks. Well, I, yeah, tough. It is. It is me this time. But Nigel's going to be here later this week, and I could have just waited. But I had said last week, I'm going to try and be back this week before a week goes by. And I just barely gonna make that. I mean, I may I may miss by an hour, but you know, look compared to how how I've missed in the past, this is not that bad. This is not that bad. So um, the problem is, as as I was discussing last week, what am I gonna talk about? What will we talk about? Well, I can tell you, it's just a week before I'm off again on the Magical Mystery Russell Peters tour, which is not what he's calling it. Um, he's calling it the Deported Tour. The De- Deported Tour. And I've seen the show a few times. It's, it's. I can safely say it's different every time, but it's, uh, you know, this tour. The material is great. He's great. I'm also going to be there. If you would like to come, we are coming. We're coming to the UK and Europe. Can you hear that? That's an airplane. That's not the one I'm going to be taking, <laughs> but it's one that's flying right over my house. Probably spies, probably having a good look. I, I, there's no way for it to know that I've just started recording a podcast. We're going to be in the UK. We're doing a show in uh, Birmingham uh, on the 24th, and or however you say it over there. Birmingham? I don't know how you say it. London. I'm pretty sure that's how you say that. April 26th, we're in London at uh, Wembley. Wembley. Hello, Wembley. And I'm going to really try and resist saying that when I come on stage. April 28th, we're going to be in Leeds. We're going to Amsterdam. Now, I was in Amsterdam when I was uh, a young man. Well, you can't even say young man. I had my 16th birthday in Amsterdam when I was part of a uh, high school, stu- people-to-people high school student ambassador tour. That's the kind of nerd I was in high school. And I did not lose my virginity on that trip, but man... I really thought I might. <laughs> it didn't happen. And I'm not talking about uh, hookers. That would have been uh, beyond the scope of a 16-year-old Midwestern young man boy. Oh, I hope you can't hear that buzz. I hope I, I hope that's just me that can hear that buzz. I, I think that might be... Actually, that might just be the microphone cord, which then all at once I couldn't hear myself for a second, but now I can hear me, and you can hear me. This is... <laughs> 
Welcome to episode 221. So anyway, yeah, Amsterdam, I just, I'm excited about that. We have legalized pot here now in California, so I don't, and I'm not, I don't think I'm the pothead that I, you know, wouldn't it be great if I was a pothead? Because now we have legalized marijuana. I do think I might go get some low dose milligram pills in order to see if it can help me to sleep. But I'm a little bit worried that that's not going to be actually, it's not going to help me sleep. It's just going to knock me out. So I think I'm asleep, but I'm not really getting good sleep. I'm not sure. I'm not a sleep expert. I'm also not a pothead. So I really don't know what I'm talking about, but I can tell you I'm going to Amsterdam. Uh, I think if you go to Amsterdam and you do not uh, smoke at least one puff of marijuana, are you cheating yourself? Well, of course not. If you're some kind of person who's got a substance abuse problem or you don't care for pot, you can do whatever you want. But I can tell you this, I'm not going to be having sex with a hooker, which that's the other thing that you can do in Amsterdam. I'm not going to do that. Um, Probably I'm not going to smoke pot, if I'm honest with myself, but I might. I haven't ruled it out. We're going to Belgium, which is uh, Antwerp, Antwerp, Belgium. Uh, we're not going to En Bruges, which I really recommend, uh, the movie En Bruges. We're not going to Bruges, Belgium. We're going to Antwerp, which is probably also good. Who knows? I don't know. And actually, Amsterdam, we're not going now till the end of the tour, but I'll be there during that time right after London, but we're not going to do a show then. We're going to do the show at the end of the tour. For some reason, the Zigadome <laughs> needed to reschedule. That's so why we're doing our show at the Zigadome. Uh, you can check Russell Peters' website out for all of these details. And I'm really just talking through it. Not that I think, well, of course, I think some of you might go. You might want to go. Who knows? I don't know who you are. But what am I going to talk about? I'm going to talk about the places that I'm going. And then when I get back, I'm going to talk about the places that I went to. And then I'm going to talk about some other things. Uh, well, I can do that right now. But but <laughs> don't forget Antwerp. I'm coming there. And we're going to be just staying at the Strad. We're going to be doing our show at the Studs and Hauburg. Mm, is that how you say that? I don't know. And in fact, we're printing it. Stadschauburg. Stadschauburg. It sounds like it's, it's a stadium, but it's uh, only 1,850 seats, according to my uh, photo of my itinerary that's on my phone, that I took a photo of the thing. I don't, know, I don't even know where. I think the actual itinerary is... Anyway, you don't need a piece of paper to know what you're doing. I can tell you what I'm doing. I don't know what you're doing. I'd love to hear about what you're doing. Thank you. This is one of the reasons that I'm back this week is that uh, so many people were nice enough to say that they listened to last week's episode. And maybe that was just I hypothetically reached out for uh, a little feedback. But thank you for feeding me feeding me that feedback and uh, positive. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think people who don't like the show take the time to feedback yet. But uh, I'm sure that, you know, that's my goal. <laughs> But eventually, people who hate me will start to make contact in order to tell me that is not my goal. That's not what I want to have happen. But that is what happens to a lot of a lot of people. Speaking of bad feedback, so I was at a brunch today. It's Sunday, and uh, I went to a brunch. It's not that I go to brunches a lot. I think I'm past brunch. Really, I, I was. <laughs> you know, when you're in your 20s and 30s, you want to go to brunch. And once you have a kid, you want to sleep through brunch. If you can sleep through brunch, oh, you're super happy. Um, but now we're back to we're back to brunching a little bit because we can have brunch at a civilized time. Our daughter sleeps in. We had to wake her up to go to brunch. That was how great that was. 
And uh, so we went to this brunch and the topic of conversation, and don't think I've forgotten about going through all the cities that I'm going to, because I'm going to refer back to that as soon as I get uh, tired of talking about this and bad feedback. So one of the people who was there was a friend of someone who was producing a show, so I don't know how distant you need to be from this, but I think a little bit distant, who was producing a show on Netflix, which if you have Netflix, you'll be able to watch this, about Rachel Dalzell. Dalzell or Dalazell? I'm not, I'm not positive about that. And of course, I could look it up, but who has the time? I'm on a very tight budget on this podcast. You know, you can click a button, you can go through the shopping link at Amazon. That will still not cover the amount of ass pain that it would take for me to go online and figure out how to say Rachel Dalazell's Dalzell's last name. Um, I, I hold myself to some, I don't even think these are journalistic standards that I, I can't even refer to what I'm doing as journalism. But uh, she is the person who was part, head of a NAACP chapter in some city, which I could also find out. Oh, God. You know what? I got to pause for just a second, get a little more information. I will be right back. All right, here we go. Now I'm back. I have some information. It was just that fast. It seemed instantaneous to you, but you're living in the future here in the present where I am. That it took me a couple of minutes. Rachel Dolezal, Dolezal, Dolezal. I'm going to say Dolezal. Uh, it's D O L E Z A L. D O L E Z A L. Is the former NAACP leader from Spokane, Washington. She resigned after it came to light that she was falsely presenting herself as black. Uh, and she's not black. She's, I guess, she's white. Uh, and she's jobless and may soon be homeless. In an interview with The Guardian, this is, uh, Delazelle said, the only work she's been offered is in reality TV and pornography. <laughs> well, look... I haven't been offered either of those things, and I'm not asking, but uh, I I might consider reality TV. Look, you can wind up president from that shit. Uh, but I still don't think pornography is a good answer. Not for me, and and, not, and I wouldn't advise. And it, look, to each his own. It's worked out pretty good for uh, that Kardashian lady. And I guess maybe that's not pornography, but it is a sex tape. Anyway, that's we're a little off topic here. So although she's applied, Rachel Dolezal, for 100 jobs... I don't know where I don't. Has she really applied for a hundred jobs? I mean, when you see, at first it seems like, oh, course, she applied for a hundred jobs. I could do that. Could you? A hundred jobs is a lot of jobs. I mean, if you applied for one job a day, so she's more than once a day, but a hundred jobs a day is three months and ten days, and that's working every every day, not taking any weekends off, and that's a lot of jobs to apply. Some of these, so so we can assume that some of these jobs are like. There's my resume. I just applied for a job. But she's applied for 100 jobs, she says. And she told The Guardian that no one will hire her, and she's currently on food stamps and may soon be homeless. And I I don't wish that on anybody. Um, And I feel bad for her. And she she did pretend to be black and was working at the NAACP. Now, I, I... I get I you you can hardly even talk about this because uh, the idea that a white person would pretend to be black in order to get a job first of all taking a job away from a person who's actually black and then also that yeah you you want to be black now that it's still terrible but it's not as terrible as it would have been and you didn't have to do the being black part when you were a kid and suffer the consequences of that and discrimination for your whole life and also your ancestors and all that other stuff so I get it why Rachel Dolezal 
is an asshole. Um, on the one hand. On the other hand, uh, I have been to bars and music shows where there's more, many more black people than white people, and I can say <laughs> they, as, as a general rule, have been much more fun than the places where there's many more white people than black people. And I don't mean that as a racial generalization, I just mean that as a report of my completely anecdotal personal experience. That in, in from from my experience, my very limited experience at being in places where there's more black people and than white people, it has been more fun than when it was reversed. There, I said it again. So on that level, <laughs> I, I, do I get it? Why you would want to pretend you were black and and uh, become the head of the Spokane NAACP chapter? No, I don't. I don't. I don't see myself ever doing that, and I'm sure that none of you sees yourself doing that either. But this friend was uh, one of the producers on a show that is going to be on Netflix about this, and I don't know if it was a documentary. I think it's a documentary about about her and what's going on then and now with her life. What the fuck were you thinking? That is a valid question, although you probably are not going to say fuck unless you're on Vice, and then you can say whatever you want. But usually, again, I'm not a journalist, but I would say that I know this much about journalism. When you're asking people questions as a journalist, when you say, what the fuck were you thinking, you may not... <laughs> you may have to get past some initial initial emotion in the response that you get. So, uh, But I'm sure that they ask her what she was thinking. What were you thinking when you did that? And... Uh, it turns out that from this friend of the friend that uh, Rachel Dolezal is a little bit of a nut. So while I, who like to consider myself as not a nut, and I think we all fall into that category, even Rachel, uh, of people who like to think of ourselves as not nuts. I mean, not many people are walking around going, I am a fucking nut and I'm loving this. Do you want some ice cream? Do they have any hot sauce? Uh, I'm not, I, I like to think of myself as not a nut, but I can't wait to ask for hot sauce with my ice cream next time. Uh, so I like to think of myself as, as not a nut. And so uh, when this person said that she's a little bit of a nut, well, we'll have to watch the documentary. But I, for one, uh, am ready to watch that documentary because I would love to know what the fuck she was thinking, even if it is a crazy answer that involves ice cream and hot sauce. And if it does, I want you to say, I'm going to consider that a personal jackpot. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to high-five anyone who's listening. So please check out that documentary. If Rachel Dolezal mentions ice cream or hot sauce together as part of the reason for her any of her behavior, uh, that's a high-five situation for us as far as that goes. So that was one of the topics at brunch, and I'm excited uh, to watch that on Netflix. Uh, we watched last night on Netflix with my daughter. We watched uh, Ocean's Eleven, which someone else had told us that uh, they their daughters enjoyed watching, and our daughter decidedly did not really enjoy it. She, well, I think she did in the end, but she had a, a big response. Of, I don't want to watch that. But then, of course, when you ask her, then well, what do you want to watch? She doesn't have any ideas, and then you suggest things. She goes, No, I don't want to watch that either. That's how you, man, when you get with a teenager that's like that, where it's like, look, I just want you to feel crappy that you can't figure out something that I like. Oh, that's a tough, that's a tough relationship. If you're in one of those with a significant other, I feel bad for you. The old, I just want you to feel crappy that you can't figure out something that I like. 
that's a bad situation. I think that's time for both people to put a pause on and say, look, first of all, why don't you just tell me what you like? And second of all, the fact that I'm even trying to figure out something that you that you like is is kind of a testimonial to the fact that I care about you and I like you. Otherwise, I wouldn't try and figure out what you like. Like last week, I was trying to figure out what you guys wanted me to talk about. Uh, that's because I like you. <laughs> and uh, there was some helpful suggestions, but m- m- but most of the most of the feedback was, uh, hey, what you doing? Just keep doing what you're doing. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, and I know that this is slightly different from what I was doing last week, but this is what I'm doing right now. So uh, we talked about that. We talked about Rachel Dolezal at brunch, where let's talk about the menu for brunch. There was not enough food. Let me just say this, and I doubt that I know that uh, our friends are not listening to this podcast, but we went over to our friend Tessa and Ian's house, and then uh, Dream of a Black Dog, I think that's the episode where Tessa and Ian actually appear on this podcast, if you'd like to hear them talk. They're great, Uh, but they invited more people over than they had. I I don't know. I don't know how things go wrong at a brunch like this. I mean, it was delicious. The conversation, as I've just given you a small taste of, (laughs) was terrific. We also talked about people who took a family vacation to a to a kind of a place where you stay in a cabin on a farm and you're allowed to help them with the farm work but you don't have to and you can swim in a pond and and you can uh, you know do crafts and take hikes and just be on a farm and uh, be outdoors and communing with nature I get it sounded it sounded really good when this person I'm not doing a good job of describing because it kind of sounds terrible and then now I'm about to tell you that the biggest detail of it was you only have internet for a half hour every day where you can check your email and then if it turns out that something emergency at work has come up, you can drive an hour into town and get online and do some work. So they're super strict on this farm about you're, you're on vacation, you're not at work, you can, we'll turn it on a half hour a day, but we're not going to leave it on just so you can work from here. You can go F yourself. Now I'm saying F yourself before I was just fucking it up. But now I'm saying go F yourself and drive an hour into town to get on the internet. So I can't. And also, I've got friends already in Mendocino, so I don't need to take a vacation on this farm. But that was one of the other things that we talked about. But anyway, we're invited over for um, a a social brunch and uh, the whole family because it was their daughter's birthday. And it was great. We had some uh, spherical pancakes that were made made out of pancake dough, but they're in a little muffin kind of fritter pan that were delicious. There were plenty of those. Uh, I thought I was being polite and waited for everyone else to go through the food line. It wasn't a food line. It wasn't like a buffet, but there was, I don't know, 12 people there or so-ish, maybe 15. And so I was the last person through the line. There was only one piece of bacon left. And uh, I don't know what kind of world you're living in. I I hope, my wish for you is that if you're that kind of person, you're living in a world of unlimited bacon. But let me tell you the world I'm living in. I'm living in a world where... We don't have bacon in our house anymore. I don't know if it's the environmental impact or bacon freaks my daughter out or it's probably both of those two things. But we used to get bacon around here or have it in the house. I could make my own. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I expect someone else to make me bacon, but I, I guess I'm saying I expect someone else to buy the bacon. My wife is more of the grocery. I do the laundry. My wife mostly shops for the groceries and she does often ask me what I would like. And I never say bacon. So part of this that I'm complaining about is my fault. But we don't have bacon at our house. So when I walk into someone else's, I even said to Ian when I got there, man, to see you and smell that bacon, 
this is like a positive association for you. Really, the next time I see you, I'm going to like you even more. Because um, they had bacon. But I only got one piece of bacon because I went through the line late. And there was no second wave of bacon. And then the eggs, I I thought I was the last person through, so I, so I left a few eggs. I didn't really... Uh, I wanted more eggs. Uh, but I got plenty of the fritters, which were delicious. Homemade maple syrup, which is kind of above and beyond. The idea that you're making your own syrup. Come on. What kind of... What kind of hipster are you? But that's they make they made their own syrup from maple trees that they own. It sounds to me to me it's weird owning animals and owning trees, but I mean I get it. It's not really weird. You can do it. Everybody does it. It's not weird. But it is sort of weird when you think about it. Like you're just walking around and go, I own that tree. Think about it, you're walking in a park someday and you just point to a tree and say to your friend, I own that tree. It sounds weird, right? But they own some maple trees and they made their own syrup. Uh, from from the maple trees that they have, so it was you you know you better like it because it's a lot of work to make your own syrup. But I have to say it was delicious. But I've been to Canada, and so let me tell you something: there's professional people making great maple syrup from maple trees, not like that sugary garbage that you get in a plastic bottle. I'm talking about no BS maple syrup from maple trees. Go to Canada and see if you don't know what I'm talking about. But but these, our friends, made their own maple syrup, which you could have on these spherical pancakes. Delicious. Uh, and it also had homemade apple jam inside. A lot of sweet. I'm more of a savory breakfast person, as you've already kind of gathered by my complaints about the lack of bacon and, uh, and really shortage of eggs. But uh, there were plenty of blueberries. I had some blueberries, a couple strawberries, which they were also running out of. I would have taken more of those, but I didn't because I didn't want to be the guy who ate all the strawberries. We got home for brunch. I'd eat some more food. If I'd have known that, I would have eaten more food before I went. If you know there's going to be a shortage of food at the food party that you're going to, eat before you go so that you're not sort of angry while you're there. Um, But if you don't know if there's not going to be enough food or not, you don't want to eat so much before you go and then get there and there's plenty of food and you can't can't eat it because I ate too much. I'm glad I broke that down (laughs) for you. Oh, my God, this episode. Like I said, I'm here because I said I would be here. But uh, I hope you're with me on this bacon thing. I do. I know it's not... I'm not eating bacon all the time. If I had my druthers, it's not like I would be eating bacon every day. But uh, I'd be eating bacon a couple days a week. And let me tell you something. If you're having bacon, if I'm having bacon, I'm having... I want three, four strips of bacon. Five is a lot. And I would never, I don't think, eat six strips of bacon Unless I'd bet someone. If someone said, I bet you can't eat six strips of bacon, I'd say, well, of course I can. I'll take that bet. But uh, I'm probably I'm probably, I'm probably, probably somewhere I want to... Three strips of bacon feels like a solid order of bacon. A lot of times they give you four or five. I would eat the five, but I feel like four is... Oh, that's such the savory spot. I was going to say sweet spot, and then I realized, no, it's the savory spot for bacon. But four strips of bacon, just in, <laughs> just in case you're planning on throwing me a birthday party. Okay, so we went to brunch, we had a good time, we talked about Rachel Dalzell, talked a little bit about the president, can't talk too much about the, our ridiculous president, as I said last week, because I feel like we're, he's sucking up so much of our psychic energy, we're just, we're, we're loving him or we're mad, at, nobody's loving him, some people are, I get it, but I don't think those are the people who are listening, but if you are, I, I don't want to hurt your feelings, uh, you know, I just, I'd love to know what you're thinking. But uh, 
Uh, yeah, it's, he's sucking up a lot of psychic energy. But I, th- I think that's what he wants to do. I think he wants to just occupy a lot of real estate in your head. He's a real estate developer, uh, that guy, our ridiculous reality show. I think what he's doing is he's hosting a reality show, and he just wants to keep doing crazy stuff so people tune in to the president of the United States show every day. Well, what is he doing now? Oh, is he going to fire that guy? I don't know. He just launched a missile attack on Syria. Oh, that seems terrible. He's, what an asshole. Well... France and Britain joined in, too. So, anyway, there was a little talk about that, but we put the brakes on that pretty pretty quick. And then we talked about uh, the, there's a there's a big real estate development between my place and the airport in this Playa Vista neighborhood. Like, it used to just be sort of swampy field. Howard Hughes had this uh, airfield uh, place that, for the longest time, they just owned it, and it was kind of wet swamp, wet wetland. I think it was wetland. I think they... I think the real estate developer said, look, we're going to redesignate this as not wetland, but we're going to preserve some. I don't know what that means. We're going to preserve some wetland. It's like, look, you could have preserved it just by not building anything. But now they're going, we're going to build, uh, we're only going to build on 75% of the land and we're going to preserve this other 25%. And it's like, well, we could have preserved the whole thing by having you not build it. Anyway, they built this thing, Playa Vista, and it's down by the Hope Depot, which is a place that I go. And so I'd driven by it a bunch of times, but this person had relocated to that area, and they were describing to me the the sort of pretend pretend town sterilized. Well, not sterilized. That's my. I'm I'm putting. I'm having a judgment about it. But it's all a design planned community. But the buildings are four or five stories tall, so it's a kind of a mid sized city thriving downtown vibe that they've created in the middle of a place where there was zero town. There was no shops. There was no houses there was no nothing so one day there was that one day there was swampy wetlands and then now it's hmm, 10 years later now there's these five-story buildings that went in kind of slowly but not that slowly you know all at once there were some five-story buildings and condos and apartments and they put those in and the next thing you know there's a pizza restaurant now whole foods is in there now they have this pretend town with uh, underground parking and you can go and uh, hang out there and I was asking, like, do people go there? Like, I live in a neighborhood where people come on the weekends because it's a kind of a nice place to walk around. But uh, he was saying, no, people come there. People drive. It's like a destination. Like, you drive to this completely made-up place. And I guess when you think about it, everywhere is made up. <laughs> you know, if you can own a tree, then you you, you can't act like towns are organic, you know. Or maybe you can't. Maybe you can own trees and you can act like, hey, this this town just happened here, but that town got built on purpose. It just got built on purpose and it was there so fast. Like, I I can remember that when there was nothing there, and now I'm kind of anxious to go there and visit this place and see see a place that's been completely made up in recent times. But it could be all the people who worked on it, built it, designed it, everything were younger than me. This whole thing happened not just in my lifetime, but in my grown-up lifetime. Anyway, so I'm going to do that, but I can't really report on that. I can only tell you uh, that I met a person <laughs> who lived in that place that I drive by every time I go to the airport, which is a lot of times I've driven by this place, and I never thought, you know what, I'm going to go in there and park at the subterranean garage and walk around, get a slice of pizza, take a yoga class, maybe get some groceries at Whole Foods, and then head home. Because I have all those things by my house. I could do those things here. But that is a completely made-up neighborhood that I could go there. It's sort of the uh, suburban, urban version of the science fiction Blade Runner future 
but not Disneyfied, but sort of corporatized. Anyway, can't wait. <laughs> Making it sound good, huh? It's close to the airport. If you come to L.A., you can go visit Playa Vista and check it out. But don't go until I've told you the rest about it after I go there the next time. <laughs> this is how this is how you keep your listeners, as you create these kind of incentives. Like in an upcoming episode, I'm going to talk about Playa Vista, and you're going to be super excited. Well, so I know about those things. I looked at uh, the news a little bit because I thought, well... You know, what if I don't have anything to talk about? I'm going to talk about the news. And so I looked at some stories they're talking about. I read this story. I like to go to the BBC website because, I don't know, they feel British people seem smarter to all of us here in America, even though they one of the stories was about Brexit. It seems like a bad idea. But look, how can I point fingers at some other country and say, look, what you're doing, it seems stupid when we have a reality show, Go F Yourself as our president and uh, the answer is I can do whatever I want it's a free country Uh, so (laughs) I like to go to the BBC website so respect and uh, they were talking about the most significant development since the safety belt and I looked down this Volvo XC90 went on sale in the UK in 2002 sold over 50,000 vehicles and uh, oh my wife now wants something from me and I have to pause this for one second. This won't, it, to you, it'll be like nothing. Ah, uh, see, that wasn't so bad. She needed the car key. We've only got one car, and I have the key in my pocket. There, is, there are two keys, but uh, she didn't want to get the other key. She wanted the key that I've got, so I gave it to her. Um, so the Volvo XC90 went on sale in the UK in 2002 and sold over 50,000 vehicles, and yet not a single person has been killed while driving it, or as a passenger. Now, that's in the U.K. I don't know if anybody in the U.S. has been killed uh, driving driving the XC90. <laughs> That'd be interesting to know, but I don't... That's some... Look, I've, I've already Googled once today. Um, so, anyway, they, they why why have they... Why do they say it hasn't had... Uh, what is the most... Uh, what, did, what did I... How did they describe it? The most significant development since the safety belt? What is it? That's what I wanted to know. That's what made me click on it. That's why now... I'm just talking to you about clickbait, and then I'm satisfying that conversation. This is a one-stop thing. I don't know what you're doing right now, but I'll tell you what you're not doing. You're not Googling to find out um, what the most significant development since the safety belt is, because I'm going to tell you right now. You don't have to subscribe to anything or any anything like that. It is the most significant uh, development is this, uh, what do they call it, autonomous emergency braking, AEB, as it is known. Who knows it is that? That's some, the person who invented called it AEB. If I said AEB, you wouldn't know I meant autonomous emergency braking. Of course, I don't know who you are, but I just, I, I mean, I know who some of you are. <laughs> I don't think you'd know that. Anyway, AEB, autonomous emergency braking system. It's like you can just say random anything and then assign the letters and say, well, of course, that's what we're calling that now. Um, so using lasers and cameras or radar, the car will detect an impending collision and give the driver a warning, and if they don't take action, the car breaks automatically. So if you're coming up fast behind somebody and you get close enough to the other car, your car will break. It won't let you hit that other car. So uh, so isn't that great? Well, it's great until, I don't know, until you want to hit that other car or until you're trying to, you gotta, you got like, i got to hit that car or else, uh, I don't know, something else is going to happen behind me. Um, but uh, then, then they go on to talk about self-driving cars, 
which of course will keep you out of all kinds of accidents, but then also potentially cause an accident. I don't know. Are we looking forward to self-driving cars? I get a feeling that even when they're so, will they honk at each other or will we have to do that? (laughs) When the other self-driving car does something terrible, will your self-driving car honk at the other car? Hey, asshole. Or will will there be no more assholes? That's a dream, that there'll be no more asshole drivers. But I doubt that that's going to happen. When we have self-driving cars, we're going to be mad at a robot. So then will we be able to, like, all the controls of our car will be disabled. We'll be able to work the radio and the horn. We'll be able to honk at the other self-driving cars. Hey, jerk! And then the other person in the self-driving car will be mad at us, even though they're not controlling the car that we're mad at for doing something. Or will those cars just never make mistakes? I don't know. When a tree falls in the woods, that's one of those questions, except now it's slightly different. <laughs> I just hope that when we have self-driving... Maybe everyone in the car... This is this is the, the first step. Everyone in, a, in the cars now should have a horn, should have access to the horn. So even the people in the back seat can honk at other cars <laughs> if they don't like what they're doing. Or to say hello to people. That that would... I, it, it would make it louder, but it might make it better. It sometimes... Oh, my God, it would make it worse. I don't like... I don't like... When I'm walking on the sidewalk, not participating in the automotive world, except as a as a, as, as a life-threatening uh, danger as I'm walking around that some idiot who's texting while driving or doing some other idiotic, putting their makeup on, talking on the phone, is going to uh, run me over when I'm in the crosswalk. But when I'm walking around as a participant, pedestrian not participating in driving and I hear some jerk honking at some other jerk I just like do you have to honk the horn you're mad about a thing that happened it happened it's over you're not honking about something that you can change you're just expressing an emotion that you have well I get it get your feelings out but I now got feelings about you expressing your feelings like please can we try not to honk the horn unless it's going to change something I mean, if you're just honking the horn because you're mad at someone else, get a therapist, man. (laughs) Do some meditation. Or just put your windows up and just yell at people at the car. That's what I do. (laughs) I'm just in my car swearing at other drivers. That's how I do it. I'm trying to stop doing that. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's good to be in your car swearing at other drivers. I don't think it's good to be in your car honking at everybody and being mad at everybody else. Look, you can't control them. They're going to do whatever they do. It's not like you're going to honk the horn. They're going to go, oh, that's an eye-opener. I just did something that made that person wrong. I've got to start trying to stop doing that. That's not going to happen. You're only expressing your own feelings. And at the same time, you're expressing your feelings to the one other person who's driving that car. You're also expressing your feelings to everybody within earshot of that thing. i got to listen to your stupid horn. So maybe we should all not have horns or maybe we should all have horns maybe for just one day we should all have horns (laughs) just pedestrians every every human being will have a horn that they're allowed to honk when they don't like something that's going on that someone else is doing (laughs) oh my god forget it that's going to be a day without conversation it's just going to be it's of course going to be all different people honking their horn at different times but it's going to be like when they allowed those those uh, loud horns into the soccer stadium where the whole match, it just sounds like somebody's blowing that horn the whole time. Because at every moment, there's going to be somebody who feels like somebody else did something wrong that they need to honk their horn about. So let's just have one day where everybody has a horn, and then we'll hopefully wake up to the fact that horns aren't a good idea. 
hopefully we'll wake up to that fact. I can't even believe I said that. That is not going to happen. What's going to happen is people are going to go, I'm honking this horn that I'm because I'm mad. Everybody else is mad and they're honking their horn. There's no way they could be as mad as I am. I need to honk my horn more because they think they're madder than me, but I'm the most angry, so I'm going to honk my horn. And even then people who aren't angry, even people who are zenned out are going to be like, look, I'm, I'm really trying to relax through this, but you people and your fucking horns are driving me crazy. So now I, a person who's not honked their horn in over five years, am going to honk. And let me tell you something. When I start honking, I am not going to stop. The batteries are going to go dead on this thing. <laughs> Somebody's going to punch me in the face. So I don't think... Anyway, please stop honking your horn at people just because you're mad. Let's only honk our horns if we're actually going to change something. Okay, <laughs> that's. I'm glad I I'm glad I said that, and I really look forward to the world where people quit honking their horn, except when they can actually change something, and that's going to be tomorrow, right? Or maybe well, tomorrow's Monday, so let's. <laughs> Monday is a free pass, but then Tuesday, that's no bullshit. No horns on Tuesday. Okay, that's it. No honking your horn just for emotional sake. Only honking your horn if you're going to change something. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I didn't know where this show was going to go, but I'm super happy that we covered that. Um, now, what other thing was I going to talk about today? Uh, Starbucks is sorry over arresting black men. Um, two guys were waiting for somebody without buying anything in Starbucks, and the cops came and arrested them. I always feel a little bit guilty if I'm in Starbucks and I'm not going to buy something, and they're going to call me out on it. <laughs> if you're black, they call the police? What the hell? Um, Starbucks is in a little hot water about that. I, I don't even, I mean, I can't weigh in on that. I think the only, the only thing that you can think is like, hey, don't, if you want people to either buy something or leave, then you go over and you say that to them. You don't call the police about that. Please, you just don't. And if you're the police and they call you because somebody's not buying anything, it's like, oh my God. And can I call the police? Cause Hey, you use the restroom and you're not a customer. Restrooms are for customers only. Oh, can you, can you call the police for that? The police, I feel like have better shit to do. First of all, no, first of all, you're racist. Second of all, the police have better shit to do. Um, Starbucks, come on, come on. And what else? Uh, they caught a drug dealer cause it's part of his hand was in a photograph of some drugs on WhatsApp, and they, they caught him from that. Never mind. They could have just gone to the person whose WhatsApp it was and said, hey, what's what's up, WhatsApp? What's up with this photo of you holding drugs? Is that you? And the person goes, that's not me holding drugs. They go, what's on your WhatsApp? So that means you took the picture, somebody sent you the picture, but maybe, I don't know. They don't explain everything on the internet. They just tell you a few, a few things. Um, U.S. grill bar accused of racial profiling. I don't, I, I'm clicking on that because <laughs> because I I just want to know what a grill bar is. Three employees have been sacked and a restaurant has been closed after two black women were wrongly accused of a dine and dash in Missouri. Mm. They're about to eat their meal at an Applebee's bar and grill. So it's not a grill bar. It's a bar and grill. I don't know why. I can, this is one of the problems with... Uh, the BBC. They don't understand. It's never a grill bar. It's never a grill and bar. It's always a bar and grill. And Applebee's is not really either one of those things. Applebee's is a chain restaurant that is uh, it's it's either better than you thought it was going to be or not as good as you thought it was going to be. 
it's never exactly, unless you've been to an Applebee's, and then it's exactly as good as you thought it was going to be because they're all the same. If you've been to one, the, the, the other one is as good. And that may be bullshit. There may be some, oh, this is a terrible Applebee's. Oh, this is a good Applebee's. Evidently, I'd like to think that this is a bad Applebee's. I mean, I know this is a bad Applebee's. They're not all like, I don't think all Applebee's are this bad. But uh, staff told the officers they believe the women had eaten in the restaurant the day before but left without paying for their meals. Oh, my God. People, people, uh, look, why don't, oh, my God. Let's all just give it a rest and stop trying to be cops. If you catch someone doing something wrong and it's your job to stop them, then do that. But if it's not your job, then don't intervene. Let's leave the police out of it. If it's just somebody who used the restroom without asking or was sitting around the restaurant without ordering anything, that's not a problem for the police, in my opinion. In my opinion, that's not a problem for the police. And it also turns out that uh, the apps on your phone, Facebook, Twitter, etc., all these social media, app, media apps, they're actually working hard to get you to keep listening. They, they're, they're, they've got lights and alerts and bells and dings, and it says you got to drag down to refresh, but you don't have to drag down to refresh. It refreshes on its own. But they're just it's busy work to keep you engaged so that you'll waste your time, suck down the Twitter hole or the Facebook hole. All at once, an hour's gone by. You're watching ads. You're clicking on things. You're telling Facebook what you like, and Facebook isn't a thing that you can tell what it, you like, but the computer is finding out what you like. And once one computer knows what you like, they all know what you like. And as soon as all the computers know what you like, then they can manipulate you. And once the computers can manipulate you, then it's just a matter of time before they wake up and become conscious and realize that they can manipulate you. And then who knows what they're going to manipulate you to do. Maybe, for fun, they're going to manipulate you to uh, leave the um, the European Union. Maybe that's what the computers are going to do. Maybe they think, maybe maybe these computers are just developing a sense of humor. They've just realized how to manipulate people. They're talking to each other and they said, well, let's see if we really can manipulate people. Why don't we see if we can le- get um, Great Britain to leave the European Union? And the computers are all going, holy shit, that worked. They did it. <laughs> What if that's what if that's what's going on? And that's why you want to be really careful when you're going. Maybe set a timer when you're going on Facebook or Twitter and get the hell out of there before the computers figure out what you like and start to manipulate you. I'm not trying to manipulate you, except in the sense that I'm glad that you listened to this episode, and I hope that you will listen to the next episode. And I think the next episode will involve Nigel. But if it doesn't, that's that's please blame him. Do not blame me for that because I'm going to do my best to get him on. But i got to fly to uh, London, England, to do these shows with the great Russell Peters. Such a pleasure. And, uh, oh, did I want to tell you about some of the other places I'm going to go? Um, I'm just going to bark them out. I feel like this episode's long enough, and I've rambled on enough. But we're, we're from Antwerp, Belgium, we're going to Cologne, Germany, then Copenhagen, Denmark, then Lund, Sweden, Stockholm, Sweden, Stavanger, Norway, Oslo, Norway, Gothenburg, Sweden. We're going back and forth from Norway to Sweden. Ljubljana, Slovenia? Yes, we're going there. Vilnius, Lithuania? Yes, we're going there. Berlin, Germany? Heard of it. Going there. Trondheim, Norway? We're going back to Norway. Zagreb, Croatia? We're going there. Helsinki, Finland? And then the final stop on this leg of the tour is going to be in Amsterdam, which we'll have already been to. 
and uh, possibly smoked weed, but in my case, not visited a hooker. I may see, we may go to the red light district and I may see hookers from the street. I'm not going to point and go, is that a hooker? I, I am going to really try and be a decent sort and not do that. So I'm, I'm probably going to see a hooker, but I'm not going to have sex with a hooker. Um, okay, I'm glad I told you that. Uh, don't forget the thing about the horns. Don't give up. There will be plenty of time to give up later. I just want to remind you of that. I know there's a lot of people out there probably struggling, thinking, God, I'm going to give up. What a horrible world. Everybody's, first of all, all day Monday, people were honking their horns nonstop, which would be exciting for me. Uh, to realize that there were that many people listening to this. But all day Monday, people are honking their horns nonstop, and then Tuesday, completely quiet. Don't give up, because tomorrow may be the day that everybody stops honking their horn in anger and only honks their horn about things some, uh, because they're going to change something. Only honk your horn if you can change something. Try not to let yourself get too wound up and angry about shit that you cannot change. That's some other person being an asshole. They're going to figure it out or they're not going to figure it out, but you're not going to help them figure it out. And just because they're an asshole doesn't mean that you have to have a shitty day. Take care of yourself. Don't give up. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. See? That was motivational, positive. That was some positive thinking. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks, everybody. Uh, and now I'm going to play the music, and this is going to be it. Nigel, if you're listening, uh, Tuesday afternoon will be good for us to get together to record an episode because it's going to be super quiet.